welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn. Welcome back. I hope you're feeling better. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit in pre-show, and uh, yeah, it was just a really random, rough kind of couple of 24 to 48 hours for me last week. I was all like fevery and like joint pain and coughing and not COVID though, so thumbs up. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit better now. Still have a little bit of the chest cough stuff, but uh, overall much better this week than last week. Last week was so bad. Well, I'm glad you are feeling better because, uh, yeah, like you said, it sounded pretty rough. And I don't want people to th- think at home like, man, Ryan didn't ask pre-show how she was doing. He waited till he was on the show. <laughs> I don't know if that's professional or just rude. Like, no, we we chatted about it before. because well, We always uh, chat before yeah. the show. We usually end up chatting for just as long as we record the show. <laughs> yeah, we record two podcasts. It's yeah. the, uh, what's what's been going on in the last seven days that... It, I would say isn't video game related, but that's not true at all. Yeah, no, that's not true at all. Yeah, there's so many like could be really TGI outtakes, but (laughs) yeah, well, sometimes, 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 sometimes there's warm up. It's like, you know, uh, testing material for like, okay, like, how are we going to? Yeah. What do you think about this? Yeah. How controversial are you going to be this week? (laughs) (laughs) I want to get your 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 gut check on, you know, this game or that game or. Yeah. um, Tears of the Kingdom was a lot of that. It's like, okay, I'm going to tell yeah. you this thing. Yeah, if I say this, is the is the chat going to tear me to pieces? <laughs> no, no, chat chat's very good. Discord's been awesome lately. I mean, like, Discord's been really great. Uh, no, no issues. Although there was some, uh, there was some. Uh, oh, how do I put this? Uh, there, there was some challenges thrown out uh, on Dungeons and Diapers. I was challenged. Crofting gave me some challenges. Supposedly they thought they were too easy. So oh. yeah, so people in Discord were like, "That's too easy. You should make Ryan do X, Y, Z." And I'm like, eh, "They're not meant to look." I was worried too uh, that they wouldn't be fun. That they would be like, you know, punishing. But you know, kudos to Crofton. He was very good. He did not make them too bad. Um, one of them was, uh, watch every Marvel thing in 2024. Uh, but there's a catch. It includes all the Sony stuff (laughs) (laughs) and there's three Sony movies coming out this, this year. So, uh, not, not great. And then the other one was like, play some game from the nineties. It was like betrayal at Crondor or something. It's a, it's an old PC game. Uh, it looks bad. Honestly, it does not look fun. I'd probably rather watch the Marvel movies, even the Sony ones, although I haven't seen Morbius. I hear it's pretty bad. I guess I don't have to watch that one. I was going to say, I feel like it is quite a big challenge to be like, you have to watch the Marvel stuff, because in my opinion, like Infinity War Endgame was the last time Marvel stuff was really good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think there's just so much of it. Yeah. That just the bulk of it can can bring down even some of the good stuff. Like I think last mm-hmm. year, I I watched everything but the What If season, even though I I really liked What If, but it came out during the holidays. I just haven't had time to watch it, and I I also haven't watched Echo as well. See, that's the problem. There's just too much of it. Yeah, that like by the time you get through even a season you're looking forward to, like Loki season two, it's like I need a break oh you want me to watch this thing that comes out next week and you're releasing a new episode every day oh and then two weeks later you're releasing a whole season all at once i i, 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 
<laughs> like, I'm glad this year there's less content coming out mm-hmm. because I think it's just Deadpool and maybe one other show. I, I, I feel like it's very limited. That's probably more due to the writer strike, but you know, Sony doesn't use writers for their movies, so it's fine. <laughs> I actually, they use writers, of course, but just something happens to those movies. <laughs> That makes them not great. I'm sorry. I don't like the Sony one. Venom's okay. I'll say that. I liked Venom. Yeah, I liked, I liked Venom. Venom. And, and we did get caught up on Loki, and Loki was pretty good. I usually am not a huge fan of, like, timey, like, time jumping and multi-universe. Because sure. I, I always find that it's just, like, either super hard to keep track of everything or things are just, like stop making sense like they have to cut corners and make contradictions and stuff to bring it all back again and i'm just like oh man i just i don't i don't like that kind of television movies like that genre i'm not a fan of but i I think loki did a pretty good job although like i still like i watched it because we ended up watching season one again and then watching season two and i was still like i don't 100 percent understand what's going on right now Although I did understand it better the second time through. So I am glad that we did that. But I was just like, man, oh, man, not my favorite stuff. But I thought the acting and it was really good. So, yes. And that that's, I think, the thing about all of Marvel's stuff is like maybe maybe the story isn't as great as it could be. But the acting is usually really good. Like I find it's 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 passable. So like uh, but but I struggle with some of the Jason stuff. But. Anyways, yeah, this has been Ryan and Jocelyn on movies and TV. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about Walking Dead. I know you're watching that, and you you could go on a oh, rant about that. I have thoughts and feelings about Fear the Walking Dead. Holy shit! But yeah, we're not gonna. <laughs> I have a platform for you if you want. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get you an oh, invite man. over to Zamp. I don't even know what season that they're on right now. All I know is that like I stopped at a certain point and then I was like, okay, I got to get caught up because I know they're building like the Walking Dead sure. universe. And then I watched it and I'm just like, oh my God, how did this get like another season after this? Because it's so bad. <laughs> like it, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So it took me like probably almost a year to watch one season of the show because it just the content was that bad that i would like watch an episode and be like this is terrible i can't watch another one right now and like oh man it was just so 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 bad i don't think i've watched worst content in years (laughs) years (laughs) it's so bad And I was pregnant and basically on bed rest and had nothing else in the world I could do except watch TV. And I still couldn't get through Fear the Walking Dead. (laughs) Right. Yeah. They do this thing with that show where they have a large cast of characters. They each season uh, at the end of a season, they split them all up through some sort of story. Usually a bad guy says, you're all separated go to your rooms type thing (laughs) and in this case rooms are like different corners of the map i guess you know because they're always in some sort of area video games so and then the next season they spend the first half of the season getting slowly working back together into like one central area and then they turtle for like two (laughs) or three episodes they do something really cool. And then another bad guy shows up and it's like, go to your rooms. And they all separate and they go to the 
They go to their opposite ends of the map. And that's basically what it's been for the last three or four seasons. Although the final season, I, I would say the first half does the same thing. But the second half does a little bit better at keeping everybody in. Actually, no, they're all still <laughs> separated. They do the thing again. So you're going to love it. Oh, God. Uh, you're going to yeah, love it. Uh, oh, that's brutal. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. yeah um, video games. <laughs> Yes. What have you been? What have we talked about? What we've been watching? What have you been playing? <laughs> well, I uh, I talked a little bit about this last week uh, when Travis was on uh, talking about Cookie Cutter, which if you Google it, uh, you'll get a lot of um, uh, cookie cutters. Usually, uh, the Canadian Tire Store would pop up for me. Mm. I don't know why, but in my uh, Facebook feed lately, I've been getting a lot of posts about like guess the cookie cutter. <laughs> And it's like people what? who have <laughs> it's because, you know, like cookie cutters are just the outside outline, right? Yeah. So like sometimes they're really like they're obvious what they are. It's like a star or heart or whatever. Sure, sure. But sometimes you get these like old timey metal cookie cutters that are these blobby shapes that you have no idea what they actually are. So people post these old cookie cutters and they're like, can anyone tell me what this is? Because I have no idea what this cookie shape is supposed to be. And it's all over my Facebook feed right now. I have no idea why. <laughs> so Weird. when I saw you were playing cookie cutter, I'm like, me too. <laughs> yeah. Different game though. <laughs> Very different game. There is uh, not a lot of cookies in this one. I, I was going to say no cookies, but there is, I think there's one mechanic where cookies uh, come into play. It has something to do with your memory. You trade. So you're a robot with amnesia. You get badly damaged at the beginning of the game. Uh, and this is a Metroidvania with like a like a, a beat-em-up style gameplay. And if you Google it, you know, uh, and I do I do recommend you do this, Jossum, so you can kind of get a visual because the visuals are very, very unique. Uh, you know, cookie cutter game will get oh. you right. right that to is it. not what I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's It's got this uh, very punk style sort of a 90s era it's all hand drawn and it's just it's what immediately drew me to it is that it's so unique in in its look and and feel and just style you know like i i don't think these days it's enough to kind of just be like a metroidvania like you kind of have to have something that that makes you stand out right and i and mm -hmm. in these days it usually is the style that helps you differentiate from every other yeah the crowd so i really appreciated that the style is fantastic everything is like i said hand-drawn and you can tell like with just the animations and um because it's a beat-em-up style as you uh punch your enemies you can build up a like a like a stun meter usually what happens when i'm playing is like i just dodge out of the way and I, I try to hit them as many times before they hit me you know what you'd want to do in a in a <laughs> in a beat em up style but then once you get them down to a low enough health um the y button shows up over their head and you can do like a finishing move like a brutal move and that's where you really truly see like the hand-drawn style is like your main character cherry just kind of like it's a unique animation per bad guy and sometimes and it's very like um uh, it's outrageous. It's like over exaggerated. So, for example, mm. like, uh, you know, it's very again very '90s animation style. Where like, let's say, one enemy is suddenly her foot like gets super big and like has like 
cleat bottoms and it's a very vicious game it's m for mature for sure there's a lot of blood violence all that stuff so not for kids definitely not for kids um but that it does like that sort of over exaggerated animation where like the foot gets really big and then like you know punches into the guy's face and explodes and all that it's very gory it's not like mortal Kombat. it's very cartoony but uh it's it's still very it's it's pretty gruesome but uh it's a fun it's a very fun game um the the issue i did have with it though and this is new from when i was playing it last week is i was playing it primarily on steam deck and i did start to experience some some tech issues in some of the later levels uh to the point where the game kind of became unplayable because it was kind of like timing based because it's a beat em up if if you miss a dodge and you get hit a good chunk of your health is going to go missing uh so i did have to sort of switch over to the pc to to finish the game uh but uh <laughs> there is actually a game <laughs> called what is my cookie cutter no no it's not a game it's a, just a subreddit that is oh, literally it's a subreddit full of what i've been seeing on my facebook feed which is oh, just nice <laughs> random miscellaneous cookie cutters and you that, have to that is really it's really interesting <laughs> that's a good use of social media right there that's a right very, very good use. i'm not going to click on it it'll be too distracting but i'm going to check it out <laughs> for sure um it's like yeah so i did have those issues the game is steam deck verified however uh and the and the devs are aware they're working on it. They they're they're gonna patch the game. So I would say if you you know if you do want to play it on Steam Deck, be aware that there are some technical issues later on in the game. I feel like that's happened multiple times now with stuff that you've said is like verified, but then you go and play it on the Steam Deck and it's like up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, it's it's hit and miss. Like the issue with verified is I I don't look. I I don't expect Valve to play every game 100%, right? Like, I imagine they're booting it up, playing it for a little bit, making sure it works and runs. That's the main thing. Um, And it does that. It definitely does that. I think there's just a couple issues with um, two specific areas, and those specific areas just happen to to pop up later on in the game. Um, That being said, the developers are aware of it. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I thought my Steam Deck was like starting to go and I'm like, oh no. Um, but I checked the Steam discussions and it basically confirming that like also people are having issues. There's something specific to those two levels. It could be the scale or a specific animation that's causing issues. So uh, they're looking into it. Um, I'm sure in future patches, it'll get ironed out. It, it do- It's not a critical thing. Like I don't think it's something that can't be addressed um, it's just at launch, uh, the, the steam deck wasn't something they, they, they have thoroughly, uh, support for, even though it is verified. And I think that I don't know the whole process of verification, but I, I'm assuming it is, it is making sure the game runs and displays the proper resolution and button in, button prompts and, and the text is legible, legible on a handheld. So, uh, it does all that. Um, and I was able to play most of it on the Steam Deck. I just, I had to, for my own sanity, switch over to the PC to finish it because, uh, look, I'm bad enough at the game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm even worse when, uh, you know, it's sort of, it was stuttering. It was like, as I was like fighting, you know, button prompts would be missed and I'd, and I'd get hit a lot. And, you know, there is a parry that allows you to basically interrupt uh, a certain attack for each enemy. And that 
most of the time is like an instant stun lock so you can kill them right away but you have to be good at parrying and as i established last week still not very good at parrying in video games that's i was gonna say you never ever are good at parrying in video games (laughs) no definitely not something that i'm very good at so um it, uh, it, but that being said, like I was able to really enjoy the game, even though I couldn't parry and, and I, and I would occasionally hit the parry and be fine, like no problem. But, uh, I found just like learning the process of fighting and, and learning each enemy's move and just the dodge is very forgiving. Like, I think that if you have a very specific window for parrying and the parry is very, uh, I don't want to say overpowered, but it's very strong. Essentially, like you don't have to spend time whittling the the enemy's health down. You can just successfully parry and you're good to go. So, and then take them out right away with one hit. So it is, it does incentivize you to parry, but if you miss that window, which is sometimes very small, um, you're going to get hit and that's, and that's going to interrupt your flow. So for me, I just, I mostly dodged and avoided their attacks and then dealt massive damage with, with all my abilities um and you get you can get five different weapons and there's like power ups and stuff like it's it's a true metroidvania in the sense that you're finding paths blocked that you can then open up once you get a specific power up um it's got all the map functions that you know uh the map unlocks as you discover areas like you're finding hidden hidden areas you're you're finding power ups um it's got all that stuff that that really makes a metroidvania shine like i I love the fact that you can my favorite thing about a Metroidvania is like right before you go to the final boss you, and you wouldn't do this. You you would hate it. But essentially, like right before the final <laughs> boss, it's like, hey, this is it. This is the final encounter. If you have anything else you need to do or if you want to, like, go ahead and and get revenge for all this bad shit that happened. And like, no, I got to go get power ups. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so I just stop. I like spend 10 hours beating the game and then I'm like, I'm at the final boss. It's like, wait, I'm going to spend an additional two or three hours just cleaning up all the stuff I left behind, you know, getting all the, all the, the power ups and stuff and, and uh, energy cells so I can equip more modifications and stuff and, and, and upgrading my weapons at the shop. And, and then meanwhile, the boss is just sitting there at the final encounter being like, what is this? Where, where is this? I could have sworn I heard them outside the door and they were just about to walk in. Where are they? So definitely guilty of that, but it is my favorite thing to do in a Metroidvania game right before the bad, the big bad is to, is to basically be like, okay, now it's time to go clean up, get all the power ups, upgrade everything I can without going too crazy. But, uh, that's what I did. I, I, I had a blast with it. I mean, outside of those technical difficulties were, which were a little like, they were a little disappointing. I was really like, I've had really good luck with the steam deck uh, especially with um, games that were not quite like, you know, like uh, Xbox Series X type games, like games that like this one's a perfect example. It's it's very much a game targeting all, all kinds of hardware. I think just with the Steam Deck, it is obviously emulating. It's only on Windows, but it's emulating through Linux. So like issues are going to come up uh, with emulation. Like that's what the steam deck does unless it has a a native linux port which it this one does not so it's not necessarily something that i'm like going to fault the game for because obviously this game came out and it was targeting a specific platform and it works for the most part on steam deck but uh but yeah i did finish it on pc 
Um, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it's a, it's a mature title. Like, you know, you're not going to want to play this Metroid game with your kids. You're going to want to, you know, keep this one for yourself. But uh, it's very unique, like art style, music, uh, the characters, the dialogue. Um, I don't think I've played really anything like it. And, uh, you know, Metroidvanias are always fun. So I'm I'm always on the lookout for new Metroidvanias. And this one certainly caught my eye before Christmas. So I've been kind of chipping away at it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I just, I just finished it. I loved it. So very cool. Uh, well, I've been playing, actually, I went back to uh, Dreamlight Valley, which I hadn't touched in like probably eight months or a year. Like it'd been a really, really long time. So this is the like Disney, uh, the Disney title that I talked about a while ago back and it's like the kind of like stardew valley type thing where except for like all the characters obviously are disney characters and they you have like quests and you have to build up their friendships and then there's like there's fishing and cooking and and all that kind of good stardewy type stuff um they just released at the beginning of december a new expansion so i hadn't mm. actually finished the main storyline yet so i went through and did that and then they had released, first of all, a whole lot of new characters. And so with every new character, they have a whole uh, chain of like friendship quests that you have to do. So um, usually you have like a quest line or part of your quest line will open up at like, you know, friendship level one and then four and then seven and then 10. And at 10, they'll have this like really, really big quest that you do um, that finishes off their character arc. And also you get some sort of big like that character related um thing so sometimes it's an outfit sometimes it's like a, a piece of furniture or something but there's always some big reward so i haven't worked through all of the friendship quests because there's so many new characters that had been added before this expansion so like they added like lion king characters they added uh jack from nightmare before christmas they added uh, Beauty and the Beast, which I love. Uh, so I was very excited about. They added the fairy godmother from... Oh, uh, crap. <laughs> I'd help you, but like, uh, don't Cinderella, all of them have... Cinderella. Yeah. <laughs> they all have fairy uh, godmothers. Well, because there's so many fairy godmothers. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, no, there's a very, this one is very specific. What is she from? Cinderella. Um, what else did they add? Anyways, they, they added a ton of new characters, but the uh, expansion is called Eternity Isle. So you actually like go to a new place. And the first thing that I noticed, it was kind of the same with the main castle. So the big castle, when you first went into it, when the game uh, launched in early access, it had like you would go through a door and then unlock the characters in that realm. And what you would notice when you went into the big castle is they had like three doors available, but the castle had like probably 20 doors in it. So like, obviously they were going to release a lot of characters over time because like the Disney library is freaking huge, right? So you have like traditional Disney characters like Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Goofy, but then you also have like, like the, all the Disney princesses and all that kind of stuff to pull from. And I mean, Disney owns Star Wars and... Star Wars isn't in it yet, but I'm sure eventually they will be. They've got Pixar, so like the Toy Story characters are in there. Anyways, the first thing that I noticed when I went in into the expansion content is like you walk out onto this like bridge and there's this big circle and there's this like boat waiting for you in this one slot, but I think there's like 10 slots altogether. So I mean like Disney must be making bank because you can very clearly see 
that they are expecting to do multiple expansions. Like it's it's basically like laying the programming groundwork to just keep going and supporting this game forever. Um, but yeah, so in Eternity Isle, you actually you get a new tool that allows you to interact with the environment, and it's a it's an hourglass, so you can basically um, like pull materials through time. Uh, you got uh, Eve from Wally is there, Gaston from uh, Beauty and the Beast, and then who was the other new character? I think there was three. It's uh, Rapunzel, isn't it? Tangled Lady. Oh yeah, Rapunzel. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, you, there's a whole new area. The big the big bad guy is Jafar. Um, and so like yeah, it's just a really really cool area, and I've really enjoyed the questing. So it is like a lot of the same in terms of like gameplay loops and stuff but like it's just so relaxing and addictive and familiar because like you know all those characters already so like you don't have to like learn any i guess like universe lore like you did because i also loved like graveyard keeper which is very similar stardew like it's all kind of the same but like with a whole bunch of familiar like music and characters and world and everything else. So like I really like I really do enjoy it and it's it's been great obviously with the newborn to be able to like play for 10 minutes and literally like drop the controller walk away and it doesn't even matter. <laughs> like so it's kind of been the perfect game for me and the fact that they've been just putting out so much new content like there's so so much to do. So it's the same sort of thing as the main world where you have a new kind of currency that you find just by doing activities and you use that currency to unlock different areas of the map. When you unlock different areas of the map, then you get different um, like ingredients for cooking and new like gems and rocks and all that kind of stuff for um, recipes for creating your furniture and stuff. So it's like it's exactly the same gameplay loop. It's just way, way, way more content. And the one thing that I do really enjoy about the like world and lore of Dreamlight Valley is that they pull the Disney villains in as well. So like Ursula is there, the mother from Tangled, whose name I can't remember now, is there. Uh, Scar from Lion King is there. And then, like I said, Gaston, who I didn't really remember, was like such a villain. But I just watched Beauty and the Beast again yesterday and I was like, whoa. Not only did he super duper suck, he was a very huge, like he was evil and he died at the end of Beauty and the Beast. I'm like, I don't remember any of this. <laughs> don't they, doesn't the beast throw him off like a balcony? Or am I remembering yeah, that? Yeah, throws cra- him okay. off the castle and he falls into this big gorge and like you don't see him die because it's Disney, but like oh, he, he does. He don't yeah. hit like a <laughs> bunch dead. of vines on the way down. He's like, well, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to be good. Yeah. No, he's. He's, no, no, it was it was craggy rocks. They were yeah. pretty clear. <laughs> the 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 candle guy is going to be scraping them up for a week or so. Like, it's yeah, just not great. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name. What's the candle guy's name? Lumiere. <laughs> there, I was going to. Isn't there a chandelier as well? I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, anyways, yeah. So they let you have like all the villains are in the valley as well, and you do quests for them, but like they allow them to not be quite so villainous without like losing their personality. So like Gaston is like super full of himself and like calls you his sidekick and stuff. And it's, it's very like in his vein, but like not to the point where they're the villain of your story. Like there is no real like bad guy in Dreamlight Valley, 
because they want you to be able to like hang out with all these characters. So they still have like those moments like Ursula will be like trying to trick you into a deal or something. But then you're like, ah, 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 Ursula, like I see what you're trying to do. And she's like, oh, you got me. <laughs> like, so they still allow the villains to be there and they don't take away their entire personality. Like they don't make them good, but they're not like evil, evil. So they can still like hang out and be with everybody in your valley. So it was kind of a cool way to incorporate those characters without like totally stripping them of everything that makes them interesting. Yeah. I, I remember I played a, a chunk of it at launch and I know, I, I know they just added it to Apple arcade. So like there's, so many ways to play this. I was just looking at the website and it's like, it's available on every platform and it's just nice to see game loft making a game. That's not like free to play stuff. It's like a full price thing. Well, yeah. And that's the thing. So like it is, it's available to play on a whole bunch of different platforms. Um, so currently I own it on switch as well as like it's on game pass. So uh, Xbox and PC, But the thing is, the expansion is not on Game Pass. So, like, if I wanted to play... uh, Yeah, so the only place I actually had to buy it originally was on the Switch. And I did that just because I wanted the portability. Because it is the kind of game where, like, you can spend, like, three hours setting up your house. Like, it's very Animal Crossing. So, I did want that kind of portability. So, I bought it on the Switch. And that's where I had to pay for it. Because, like I said, the base game's on Game Pass. But then the expansion is not included on Game Pass. So you have to buy it and you have to buy it on every platform that you want to play it on. (laughs) So like if you buy it and start playing expansion content like on the Xbox, like I can't play that expansion content on the Switch unless I buy it there as well. And the same thing, like if I wanted to play it on the PlayStation, then I have to buy the base game and the expansion on PlayStation. So like as much as it's not necessarily like there are there is like the premium currency and there's different cosmetics and stuff that you can buy so there is like an aspect of free to playness but like just you having the base game and the expansion activated on your game loft like dreamlight valley cloud save account doesn't mean you can play it everywhere which i did find pretty frustrating because i'm like all I want to do is like boot this up on the PlayStation upstairs because this is where I'm watching my daughter and you know like she's having a nap but I still want to be close by and I can't and I have to spend like a hundred dollars to get the base game and the expansion to play it upstairs. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah and I think that's where that's where the the model for free to play like comes in handy because I think free to play like really uh it, it, it tries to prioritize ease of access, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that is the thing. Like, your save game, like, I can literally pick it up on any platform I've bought it on and play the same save game, which is really helpful. But, yeah, it's just frustrating that you have to, like, put so much money out there to to pick up a copy yeah. to play it on, you know, whatever platform. Yeah, it's uh, that's too bad. Like, I mean, I know, I know there are, like, a lot of examples of, out there where you are having to buy the base game or the expansions, you know, on every platform you want to play. And to a certain extent, I understand that, but I, I wish there, there was a model there where they could be like, okay, like you, you're the, you're the, you know, what, what would they call, what would a Disney subscription be? Like you're the, you know, magic kingdom pass extravaganza or whatever. (laughs) And it's, it's a certain amount a month and it gives you access to all the stuff. Like, 
across platforms. I mean, Ubisoft does this with their Ubisoft Plus, where you, you yeah. subscribe once and you have access to their catalog on both PC and Xbox um, and, and streaming through, I think, through Luna. I think they use Amazon's thing. So I think it would be nice to see more of that. But I mean, there's so many different platforms like like but this is third party this is game off like they could probably do something like that so that is unfortunate because i can see wanting to i agree with you like i can see wanting that portable with the switch but then wanting that 4k hd experience on the playstation um and not having to spend like 200 dollars across both platforms like that's a huge investment for it's yeah it's a lot of money (laughs) yeah but disney you know disney (laughs) they like their money (laughs) well they already get my money monthly too because of disney plus you were saying what would a disney subscription be called that disney plus that's what it is (laughs) of course well there you go they gotta call it disney dreamlight valley plus and uh (laughs) you subscribe to both and and then it's the magic kingdom extravaganza pass or whatever i don't know but i mean this i i really i really like what they've done here they've made like a premium sort of disney experience that doesn't feel like uh like like you could see that was my worry when when dreamlight valley came out i was like is this just another sort of like because i've played like a lot more like the kids are playing games on their tablet and you there is a very different feel to like that like free-to-play experience for kids you know solve this math problem and they get your kids uh, get your parents to to pay 30 dollars to unlock the bluey app or whatever <laughs> This isn't that. This is like a full experience that can be enjoyed by all ages. And it's not designed to, I, like you said, there is a way to put more money into it, but it's not mm-hmm. like solely dependent on you buying like Disney gems. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Which honestly, like I've been really pleasantly surprised with like how quickly resources regenerate in the game. But at the same time, there is a certain level of scarcity. Like there are certain animals that will only show up on like Wednesdays and Thursdays or whatever. And, you know, like, so there is some element of like getting you to log in every day. So it's like they're trying to get you to to play more to use your time to unlock things and i much 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 prefer that to like go buy 100 disney bucks and then you can have the white squirrel and the purple fox you know like it very much is invest your time and you'll be rewarded and it's so in in that way it's also very grindy at times but like i think i prefer doing that like it just it just gives me more stuff to do um, so yeah, I think overall, like I've been, I've been pleasantly surprised with it just because like, I thought it was going to be, and I know I said this when I originally like reviewed it is I thought it was going to be really dumb. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought it was going to be childish and I was going to hate it, but I've spent a lot of time in it and I've actually really enjoyed it. So I think the writing's really good in terms of the quests. And like I said, they stay pretty true to the character while still allowing like villains to be in your Valley and stuff like that. And, uh, and yeah, the, the story that they told overall um, in the base game, like I say, I haven't finished the expansion story, but in the base game, it was it was really good. It was kind of like, especially as someone who like grew up on Disney and then like grew up and, and moved away or whatever. And then now, you know, I have a kid and I'm getting kind of back into the whole Disney thing. And that's literally what the expansion is about. Like it's or sorry, what the base game is about is like 
when you're a kid, you build this fantasy land called Dreamlight Valley with all of your favorite characters from all your favorite movies and stuff. But then you grow up and you forget about it. And then like you as the main character don't know anything about it because like you just grew up and moved on with your life. But the characters in the valley, like their houses fall apart and they disappear because they've been forgotten. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this is hitting too close to home. Like, calm down, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> they just really want you to subscribe to Disney Plus and come yeah, back. Yeah, and, and watch all of the stuff from the 90s, which is what I have been doing. <laughs> yeah, it's true. If you don't watch it, they'll cancel it and exactly. then remove it from the internet. And remove it forever. Put it in the vault, quote unquote, yeah. that they... Oh my God, do you remember when they used to do that vault in the movies and then nothing's actually ever gone forever? Come on, Disney. <laughs> oh, I mean, well, back in those days, you could put things in a theoretical vault and then yeah like, you know stop printing you know the the physical media and it's like no it's in the vault you'll have yeah. to wait until 90 or i don't know what year it would have been when you know i can't even remember years that disney movies come out <laughs> but you know 10 years after beauty and the beast came out it was like oh it's out of the vault if you didn't get the vhs in the 90s now you can get the vhs in the late 90s i don't know <laughs> disney's they they were a master of marketing, you know, and they still, I think, are to a certain degree. And oh, they, yeah. You know, uh, they don't have as many tricks these days, although I think, you know, because of Disney Plus and the all access. <laughs> Frozen and, would like to have a word. <laughs> what What is? Oh, yeah, I guess so. Like Frozen's pretty big. Like, yeah, Frozen's. Now they're doing Frozen 3 and and my kids, when we watch Frozen 2, they're like, when's frozen three four and five coming out it's like just wait i mean they did it like to, to do that there was no beauty in the beast 2 <laughs> there was oh. no cinderella 2 there is they're just all what? direct to dvd yeah they were all oh. they're all on disney plus you can watch them there's a little mermaid 2 uh oh my yeah. god yeah, blasphemy yeah well guess what she she wants to be she wants legs in the sequel her daughter i think this time i don't know it's the same she story told legs. again. That's how the- oh, okay. <laughs> That's how the first one goes. But all the sequels are like the same thing happening to their kids. Oh. That's as far as I know, the kids would watch the first one. It's like, oh, that was really good. And then they watch the second one. It's like, there's just something about this. I can't quite place. Like, yeah, it's called <laughs> cash in. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> Look, yeah. I just, yeah. Well, this has definitely been uh, cashing in on my nostalgia for sure. But uh, yeah, that's, that's where I've been spending my time. And honestly, the, the biggest reason for that, other than the expansion content, which has been really good, is just the fact that I can literally play a couple minutes and put it down again. So I've also been playing a lot of Hearthstone for that exact same reason is like games are fast. I can play one and, and be done. So yeah, that's what I've been doing with my gaming time. Before we jump over to the news, I wanted to quickly... We don't talk about hardware very often on the show. We buy we a lot of stuff, but often we forget to like bring it bring it on the show. Because like we like to talk about video games and stuff. But I bought a, a controller. And yes, folks at home, two things. Two things are going to happen here where, before you comment in Discord. Yes, I have many <laughs> controllers. Why did I buy another one? Great question. I'm going to explain that first off. So I bought a 8-bit Doe Ultimate 2.4 gigahertz controller for my Steam Deck. And this is a 8-bit Doe. Everyone should be familiar with They're kind of like the biggest uh, third-party controller manufacturer out there. Like they've, they've got controllers for Switch and 
they have a partnership with Xbox. And uh, this one I picked up is it is their sort of Xbox. It's not Xbox branded, but it is their Xbox style. It's the ABXY. They also make the Switch style, which is like the the opposite B B A uh, Y X. I wanted to make sure I got the <laughs> Xbox style because I primarily want to use this with the Steam Deck because um, I usually play with my Steam Deck in docked mode, uh, unless and like, right, yeah, for the most part. In docked mode. And I found that the Bluetooth, I was sharing the Series X controller with the Xbox and the Steam Deck. And there's a little trick where you can, you know, double tap the the sync button and it'll move between Bluetooth and Microsoft's proprietary wireless connection with the Xbox. And that worked okay. But occasionally, if I forgot which one it was connected to last, I would turn on the Xbox when I didn't mean to. Um, the Bluetooth connection with the Steam Deck wasn't always super reliable. Like I'd have the controller disconnecting every once in a while. Um, even after updating the firmware up on the, on the controller, it still was finicky. So I was like, I've been eyeing this controller for about a year. I'm just going to get it. I love playing my Steam Deck handheld docked mode. And I just wanted a simple way to just have its own controller. Or, or have a controller that can work with the PC I also have uh, in the living room. The Steam Deck's just easier. You just pop it into the dock and turn it on, and it's good to go. PC, you got to update Windows. You got to do drivers. Look, we've been we've been down this road before. Everyone yep. knows I, <laughs> I I much prefer to play on the Steam Deck. Um, but uh, this the cool thing about this one is that it, so because it's two point four gigahertz, it's got its a, a direct connection uh, to the receiver, and it comes with a dock. So the dock is plugged into uh, the Steam Deck dock. And then when that's all powered up, the controller, when it's put in the dock, is turned off and charging uh, until it's full. It doesn't overcharge. It's it's actually been really good about that. Um, and then when you turn on the Steam Deck, all you have to do is pick up the controller from the dock. It automatically turns on. It automatically connects to the Steam Deck. And I'm good. I'm going. I'm playing PC games, no problem. I don't have to, like you know, sync it. I don't have to make sure it's connected. I don't have to make sure the controller's turned on. I don't even have to worry about it having battery life. It's just, it just works, which is a hundred percent what I wanted. Just something that worked. Um, and, uh, it's, it's how I honestly have been playing. I played through all of cookie cutter with this controller. It works really well. Uh, you know, it was very responsive, Whereas with Bluetooth, there was a little bit of a lag, like an input lag when I was playing on the Steam Deck that I noticed. Uh, so this also addressed that issue that I had. Um, and uh, it feels really good. Like it feels like it, it obviously feels a lot like the Xbox Series X controller. If you look at images, it, it looks if you put them side by side, you might mistake them for the same controller. But it's a little lighter, like not like the Series X controller is pretty heavy. Um but this one's a little bit lighter, which is good because I, I, you know, I like I like a controller with some weight, but not something that's gonna like weigh weigh down your hands too much. Um, so this one's a little bit lighter as well, and I think that's mostly due to the fact that I I don't have giant rechargeable batteries in the back of it. <laughs> I think that adds a lot of weight to the Xbox Series X controller. Um, but uh, but yeah, as I mentioned with Cookie Cutter, I had to switch to the PC. So what I did was I just unplugged the dock from. Uh, the controller dock from the Steam Deck dock, plugged it into my PC. Again, same thing. When I turned on the PC, got 
you know, updated my drivers, made sure Steam was working, got it in big picture mode. All I had to do is pick up the controller from the dock, turned on, because it's automatically syncing to like the 8-bit dough dock or whatever, like it doesn't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about making sure my PC knows what's going on. Like it's all done on the side of like the the hardware. So it just worked. It was great. So I was really happy about that too. So it kind of like served, you know, both sides, the PC and, and the Steam Deck. So it's been really good. I'm glad I picked it up because honestly, I was like, do I need another controller? Uh, <laughs> probably not. Like I have, you know, several Xbox controllers. I have the old sort of Windows dongle thing, but that dongle doesn't work with the Steam Deck because it's Linux yeah. and they don't have drivers. And it's like, ah, so this just, solves it all and for those wondering at home like they just they just did this they just announced the same controller with like updated joystick it's like hall effect or whatever so they just announced that today um (laughs) i'm not returning it i was looking into it it's like it's it's i think for gearheads who really like controllers like it's it's like the best way for joysticks to be manufactured but like every controller we have including this 8-bit Doe one, uses the the standard joystick, uh, the, the non-Hall effect. So if you are like a gearhead and you want the Hall effect uh, joysticks, they just announced that this controller, the Ultimate 2.4 gigahertz one, with the Xbox-style buttons, uh, just got the Hall effect joy- joysticks, but um, the Switch-style buttons already had that, which was their Bluetooth version. Um, so yeah, I'm... I very much enjoy it. It's going to be my go-to PC controller from now on because it's just so easy to to connect and everything. So that's very cool. Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm really happy with it. I, I mean, like obviously, I I want to I want to be happy with the purchase. But it was about um, I think there was like a there's always sales and coupons on these on these uh, controllers on Amazon. So I ended up getting it. I think for seventy bucks all in. So like a decent price, like about what you'd pay no, for not a. Too bad. Yeah, because I think like a standard Xbox controller, they usually go on sale for about the same price with tax. And then, you know, but if you're buying a brand new controller for Xbox or PlayStation, you're looking at a hundred bucks. So, yeah, um, I thought this was a good time to to buy, even though they just announced a new version. But I'm I'm happy with this one. <laughs> I'm not going to return it and get the new one because um, even though it it's does come in a headache, <laughs> it's, it's not worth the headache. And it's not a, it's not an upgrade that I that I need, but then watch now that I've put that out there in a week, like the, the, the controller will start drifting. I guess that's the thing. Like the hall effect is like better for drifting. It's less wear and tear, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I don't, are you that hard on your controllers? (laughs) No, not real man. Oh, like, because it's new, I'll treat it like a, you know, I'll treat it like, like no problem. I'll, I'll be, I'll be very good with it. I usually have to, I usually wait like, I don't I don't know. I try to be very gentle with the controller. The only controllers I let the kids use are the um are the Nintendo ones cuz they've always been good to to put up with, you know, uh I don't want to say abuse, but like like just kid things. <laughs> yeah, Nintendo controllers are designed in a way to to handle wear and tear. Um I get the sense I've always got the sense that Xbox and PlayStation like they kind of they're meant for more mature gamers. <laughs> Maybe they're just, it feels like they're not designed to withstand that kind of punishment. Um, I've never had a Nintendo controller. Like 
it, it was kind of funny. We were at the in-laws over the weekend. They're like, they found like a bin of Wii stuff. And I was kind of giving them a hard time of like, there was a Wiimote that had been chewed by a dog. And, they're like, and I'm like, you don't need to keep this. It's probably not going to work. And they're like, well, you never know. It might work. And then I thought in my head, it's like, you know what? It probably would work. Uh, you know, no point in keeping it, although, because it is chewed. But like, honestly, like, it probably it still works. works. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I think Nintendo just kind of designs their stuff to to withstand. Be a little more hardy. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I've had Xbox controllers go and, and PlayStation controllers go. And, you know, you just, you deal with it and you, you know, you replace it or... You do without one extra controller. I don't know, but Nintendo stuff's always, always lasted longer. So, but this controller I've been, I'm using it for the Steam Deck and, and uh, the PC. So I, I'm the only one that plays those in the house. The Switch is, is, is for everybody, but yeah, the Steam Deck's mine. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cool. Well, thanks for sharing. So again, that was the eight bit do ultimate controller. <laughs> yeah. No, great. They don't, it's just um, a weird, like, name <laughs> it, it is you know and honestly like if you try to find they have a lot of controllers and like all their controllers have like code names so they have um they have like super nintendo ones i have a bunch of their super nintendo ones which are the super nintendo style controller but it has two joysticks in the middle of them and that's i bought like one of each for the kids to have as their like first controller and they're all Bluetooth as well. And then they work with the switch and everything. And, and, uh, they're like the SN pluses or something. And then there's the SN pro and it's all code names. So, but, so if you're looking for like the high end controllers from 8BitDo, like the wireless with the dock, I, I cannot say enough about this dock. I was a little skeptical, but then I saw a review where it's like, you just pick it up, it syncs within a second and you're playing. And to me, that's like perfect. You know, I want to put the Steam Deck in the dock. I want to pick up the controller, turn it on. We're good to go. So it's the 8BitDo Ultimate 2.4 gigahertz controller. That'll give you the Xbox style buttons. If you do want the Switch style buttons, there is the 8BitDo Ultimate Pro. No, the Ultimate <laughs> Bluetooth uh, controller, which also has 2.4 gigahertz, but it has Bluetooth as well. It's It's kind of confusing, but the best thing to remember is like if you want Xbox style buttons... Just go with 2.4 gigahertz. If you want Switch, go with Bluetooth. That's that's kind of how I figured it out. Sounds good. Well, thanks for sharing. Uh, and if you guys are interested in helping the show, in supporting what Ryan and I do here, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We are looking for our January patron. So if you want your name here, again, go to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We also have our TGI Game Club. It is uh, running with The Last of Us Part 1. That starts on uh, January 21st, so th this coming weekend. Uh, you guys are going to be starting up with your very first, like, chunk of gameplay. How long has it been since you've played Last of Us? Oh, um, can we count the HBO series? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's my Last of Us experience, so... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it's funny, like, okay, so if I think back, um, I know I played at launch on PS3, that shouldn't surprise anybody. And I know I played a little bit when the remaster came out on PS4, which again was shortly after. So when, when did it come out? Like 10 years ago? So I guess it's been almost 10 years, maybe. 
So yeah, it's been a while. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I picked up the the remake uh, for PS5 over the holidays when it was on sale. And uh, yeah, like I, I'm just looking forward to playing it from the ground up, this remake, uh, to have it different enough. And it has been long enough where I feel like I could, uh, it's going to be fresh, but um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so again, if you guys want to play along in the TGI Game Club, make sure that you go to uh, bit.ly slash TGI Discord to make sure that you get in there. Uh, that's where they do all of the discussions and all of the milestones get posted. So again, that's the TGI Game Club over in the Discord. That brings us to the news tonight. And Ryan, tell me, how excited are you for Halo Season 2's official announcement trailer? <laughs> it's funny because it starts in like three weeks. I mean... <laughs> I- so, okay, so I will I say this. I find that with a lot of stuff, and I think it's because of the writer strike is, like, nobody was quite sure when sure. it was going to come, and then, like, they were thinking it might be fall or whatever, and obviously that fell through the cracks, so they're just like, how fast can we literally get this stuff out? Because I find that with more and more things lately is it's like, okay, we have this new TV or movie thing coming, and it's next week! And we're just like, wait, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, most of it, like, so similar to Loki Season 2, like, most of it was filmed before uh before the strike it was all written before the strike it had been greenlit for two seasons uh before the first episode even aired so i i i feel like we're still in that mindset as you said of like there is just no new tv or or uh, or or just movies uh we're we're going to be heading into sort of um like a lack of content from from all these powerhouses that just seem to deliver like nonstop. And, and you are going to notice probably some stuff that, that isn't going to deliver because they, you know, they rushed it to market or they skipped reshoots so that they, they could get it on their platform. But um, I'll say this, the way season one ended, it, it left a little, we talked about it on the show where it's like, they leave our main character sort of uh i guess a li- i'd say adrift like they spent all this time adding character to um master chief making him more human and then they kind of at the end of the season remove that humanity as if that's what folks were asking for they were at- they weren't asking for a robot they weren't asking for cortana you know controlling the master chief's robot suit um <laughs> and if you watch the second season trailer it really feels like they are going to undo some of that stuff in the first you know 30 minutes of the first episode because the whole trailer has our you know master chief with humanity back at the at the helm um they're going to be focusing on the fall of reach which is like a big story moment for halo Mm -hmm. it's the it's the big moment before halo when they find the halo the the, the last thing that happens before that is is the fall of reach which is this big military planetary defense um it's the, it's the UNSC's biggest i think it's their biggest like sort of military base or military planet so it's a big deal when the covenant attack and and basically well glass it and cause it to to fall if you can't tell i've i you know i've read the books like way back in the day big halo mm-hmm. nerd read all the books and then and I, I stopped. I, I haven't read. I, I, there's probably still Halo books, right? Like they don't stop making them. Uh, so yeah, like this this season looks like it's going to be focused on a story that people want to see, um, and and then leading towards 
obviously Halo, the video game, uh, whether it gets, <laughs> I did joke last year, like, man, if they, if they get through the fall of reach, which is a, a big deal, like to see that yeah. on play it on screen, but if they get through that and then, you know, tease Halo proper and then don't make it like, I, I want to see them at least get to Halo, you know, <laughs> I want to see the Halo game. And that's not a big, the Halo game isn't a big story. Like you could probably do it easily in a season. Of course they'll have padding. They'll have episodes where like they get lost with the warthog. You know, we all did that when we played that game. So I, I want to see that too, but I, I hope we at least get, get to Halo. That would be, that's kind of my goal with the, with the series, but I am looking forward to it. The, the trailer looks really cool. It looks like classic sort of Halo uh, action. Um, and like I said, it looks like they undo some stuff that was a little like, really, what are we doing here? So they'll probably have some science technology reasons for, you know, the master chief reboot and he's fine, you know, turn it, turn it off and on again, (laughs) (laughs) that sort of thing. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see nothing a little sci-fi can't fix. (laughs) Well, I know I was hit with a blast from the past with our next story. With, yeah. uh, so Smite 2 is coming. I know. I thought this was an April Fool's joke and not. <laughs> look, it is uh, awesome that Smite is still a thing. Yeah. Like I'm trying to re- It must have been on Twitch where I saw an ad or something and it was like announcing a new God for Smite. And I was like, holy shit. Like they're still putting out. Not only like new content, like new skins and stuff to try to to keep it afloat mon- like monetarily, but they're legit still coming up with like new concepts for gods. I was like, holy, I can't believe yeah. it's still going. Like, I'm so happy it's still going because I mean, like I still watched the like Smite World Championships and stuff. Like I kept up with the esport long after I, I stopped actually playing the game uh, because I just, man, I that game really got under our skin. I mean, we played it all the time. We streamed it all the time, like literally like 10 years ago. But yeah, like we really, really love that game. And I'm I'm glad they're making a Smite too. And I'm also glad that they're not like getting rid of original Smite. Like if that's what you want to play, you can still play it. And but I am glad that they're coming out with it too. Honestly, I feel like it's a chance for someone like me who really liked original Smite to kind of get back in because the reason I haven't played it in so long is because like I say, they're still coming out with not just new skins, but new God concepts, like new characters, everything else. And I'd like, I couldn't keep up. Um, I was starting to feel even when we were playing as much as we were playing, I was starting to feel like I was falling behind back then. And then, so to like try to come back to it after a couple of years and there's like 25 new characters, it's like, okay, forget it. Um, So I feel like Smite 2 this is when I might actually get back into the franchise as a player. And I'm really, really, really excited. Yeah. Oh man. Smite night. You know, we used to play it like every Tuesday. I think we used to record the show. Yeah. And and then then play Smite after. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Before kids, before (laughs) the real world. (laughs) What is is that? You know, I got to get be up at, I got to be prepared to possibly be up at five in the morning because it gives me a wake. Let's do this thing. It's like go back yeah, to sleep. Yeah, there were there were nights that I remember playing Smite as I'm yawning at 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> There's nights I remember playing Smite like literally until four and five a.m. and then having uh, to like get up and go to work at eight. Like, <laughs> man, and I, you know it's it's interesting because there's obviously been some high profile um, 
uh, stabs at making a two to a live service game. You know, Overwatch 2, you know, notoriously yeah. did it wrong. I mean, Blizzard has not been great at, like, updating. Nah, well, yeah, but I, I feel like the Overwatch 2, the big issue with that was that they promised one thing and then didn't deliver on the thing sure. that was literally going to make the two worth it, right? Like, they were supposed to have big single player story content and they said there's going to be so big and so much that we just can't patch it into one sure. and then so then they put out overwatch 2 and they're like ah, just kidding <laughs> we're not actually making any of that content you just paid us 90 more dollars for no reason <laughs> we're blizzard <laughs> <laughs> yeah the blizzard tax i mean like the interesting thing here is we already stated they're keeping both games they're going to keep both games around smite yeah. and smite 2 um, that was the other thing they took original you can't play yeah. original overwatch anymore can you i don't think so no no you can't which because that was the other thing is they changed it from uh six on six to five v five right for again no real reason <laughs> and i'm sure they uh, gave reasons but <laughs> i don't know yeah. if they were good i don't know <laughs> well the six v six was one thing that was always really interesting about overwatch right uh because so many of those type of games are 5v5. But anyways, doesn't matter. Wait, 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 Overwatch, wait. Blizzard bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have a they have a list they can refer yeah. to. Um, it, so the, the interesting thing here is like, of course, like they're going to have different, um, you know, the different stores. They're not just making everything that was in Smite come to Smite 2. Like, obviously, they'll work towards having, you know, uh, a huge roster of, of gods uh, over the yeah, course of the time. I guess, what is this article? about? Polygon article says there's 1,600 skins now in Smite. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. That's a lot. That's so much content. I, like, and, and this is the thing. They say that, uh, I was reading, you know, when this got announced, a lot of people had questions that were, oh, really good questions. Like, okay, what happens to all the stuff I bought in Smite? And it's like, well, Smite's not going away, but also in Smite 2, all of your sort of gems, again, whatever they call their their currency. Yeah, whatever the currency is. You get 50% of that back to spend in Smite 2. If you buy a Founders Pack in, for Smite 2, you get 100% of that brought forward. So Which, like, like is 100% what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I remember, yeah, it was, it was the, the found, uh, Founders Pack or the God Pack or what I can't remember what they called it. But it was the thing that you bought in Smite originally that was basically like you can buy characters all individually or for the price of like three characters, get the get the pack and then you get access to all characters ever. Like if I were to log into my same Smite account today after not playing for literally like nine and a half years going into my Smite account today, I would have access to every single character they've ever released like that's pretty neato. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it says here, so they have a really good, so the Polygon article links to this, but I might just link directly to the FAQ here because on Smite 2's website, they have a great FAQ and one of them is cross-play and cross-progression. They're going to have cross-play. Uh, they're guaranteeing at launch PC, Steam Deck, Series X and S, and PlayStation 5, uh, but they're working towards cross-progression with they just need final partner approval so like that's something they're aiming for as well but they will also have the founders pack is basically the god pack which is going to give you access to all present and future smite two gods so like i said yeah like, perfect why yeah that's you? exactly yeah why wouldn't you do that yeah yeah 
So, oh, and they call them legacy gems. So for every gem you've ever spent in Smite 1, free or purchased, you'll receive a legacy gem. Legacy gems can be used to pay 50% of the price of most in-game purchases. Uh, but if you get this Founders Pack, legacy gems are doubled. So, like, that's... That almost seems very, very generous. Like, honestly, yeah. they could have just said, like, nope, it's a two. Yeah, they're two different games. You're Deal on your with own. it. <laughs> and, you know, they could have even just said, like, no, like, Smite is Smite. Smite 2 is Smite 2. We'll sell you the Founders Pack, but you gotta... You gotta... There, there is no... Outside of just being a good sport, there is really no reason that they had to like say, hey, all the and they can't take this back because it's already on the Internet. It's too late. So me saying this does not change anything. But I really feel like you you say that there's there's no reason. But I mean, moving your player base over is your reason, right? They want to take. Yeah, yeah, they want to take smite players and give them a a reason or at least remove barriers. Right. For moving from smite to smite Two. Because that's where they're going to be focusing their developer time. They did say they're going to continue to support Smite, um, but that it sounds like they're not going to be actively um, like putting new characters in and and all that kind of stuff. So like it'll be supported, it'll get balance patches, all that kind of stuff. But they like Smite Two is where their their developer energy is going to go. So like you want to make it as easy and desirable as possible to have your your players move on to your next uh, game, your next platform, especially since you're not pulling an Overwatch, you're not pulling a Blizzard, you're not going to take Smite out, like, away from your players, so they're, they're not forcing you to change, so therefore they have to make you want to change. That's why they're doing all this. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, this allows them to, they can keep Smite 1 up, like it's just so funny it's like the complete it's almost like overwatch 2 gave them the playbook for how to create smite or how not to do it yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's like okay let's just let's do everything in our power to not have that happen yeah Um, and you know blizzard is blizzard so they can kind of like unfortunately they can do stuff like overwatch 2 and still be successful although i don't know if overwatch 2 has been as successful as overwatch 1 was at launch but like it's not not doing poorly like it's still doing well but again like they yeah i i think that um you know like on launch is one thing because a lot of people bought the game based on false promises right like so i would much rather be interested in what their numbers looked like in terms of like active players which they don't even release that information anymore um i that i think would be way more telling is like how many people are actually still playing overwatch because i'm pretty sure like no one on my blizzard friends list is still playing overwatch (laughs) and the internet in general seemed really really pissed off so who knows but anyways (laughs) Uh, speaking of two yeah speaking of twos uh frostpunk 2 got its gameplay trailer released and will be uh day one on game pass yay (laughs) yeah i was kind of surprised by that because i feel like I feel like Frostpunk. So yeah, Game Pass. Game Pass is uh, it's interesting to be day one. Although I think that Game Pass or PC has been getting a lot of uh, high profile additions mm-hmm. uh, day one, like with City Skylines too. City and, Skylines, yeah, it was the one I was thinking of. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like I think that you know when when they announced a Frostpunk two, I was unsure of like what what it would look like right you know and mm-hmm. i think that when they showed off this gameplay like it really it really met my expectations in terms of like okay this is like the next generation of frostpunk like they like it looks like they've added 
the right amount of fidelity to the way the city looks and uh I'm just I I can't wait to play it. I mean, it looks like it's going to be devastating and super stressful, <laughs> which is perfect for Frostpunk, right? Very yeah. on theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're not emotionally devastated by the end, why are you playing? <laughs> it's such a weird game. And I know it clicked yeah. <laughs> with both of us and we loved it. But it was it's like it's like when you're talking about The Last of Us Part One, Part Two, whatever. It's like. It's fun, but also emotionally draining and and some people are like why would you play something like that because it's fun it, well yeah it's fun it's got a story and sometimes you you know you want to experience those kind of stories those that kind of gameplay and i think with frostpunk you can there were modes in the original frostpunk where if you were <laughs> if you were good enough uh you could have a pretty solid playthrough where like everyone was kind of okay with the way you were running the city you know you didn't have to put sawdust in the oatmeal you know you could just you just coast not oatmeal was super something i can't remember yeah i can't remember but i do remember having to put sawdust in like almost every playthrough (laughs) yeah just a little bit just to get you over the hump right until you find like the deer while you're out exploring you know like and uh, sometimes you forget to remove the sawdust, and you're like, "Why is everyone so unhappy?" Oh shit! I left the sawdust. Oh, right, I'm still still feeding them and their working children. The Got lots of food though. Lots yeah. of food. It's like, why do I have so much food and not enough sawdust? What's going on? Um, so yeah, like this this trailer gave us a glimpse, and I mean, they are aiming for the first half of of this year. So like, we could be playing this game very soon. Like, I'm oh, that's so exciting. I'm really stoked and I'm glad I, I don't even I don't even know if I want to see more gameplay. I just tell me when it's no, out. I definitely don't. Yeah, I just yeah. want a release date and then I'll go and play it because that's the thing. Like there are certain games, certain titles. I, it's the same across like TV and movies, too. Like there are certain things that I'm just like, look, I'm already sold. You don't need to show me anything else. Like, just give me a date and I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like even the story setup's really interesting, like set 30 years after the original Frostpunk. So they must pick mm-hmm. like a canon ending, like maybe one of our playthroughs where we actually won, um, <laughs> you know, as opposed to like whenever the boiler. Exploded oh, I want to go back died. and yeah, I want to go back and play it again now. Yeah. And all the DLC was so good. I it think was really on, good. I kind of I kind of tempted to check it out on console just to have a different experience. Mm. That sounds painful, though. Maybe I'll just play it, on, <laughs> play it on PC again. I was like, why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, I have Button all of it punishment. on PC. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. No, that's a good point. I really liked the DLC they had for the first one. Um, so, yeah, no. So this will be out in the in the next six months. That's exciting. Yeah, and on Game Pass, which is also exciting, because even though, like, Obviously, we love them, and I would definitely pay for this game. It's always nice to to get perks over on the Game Pass that I'm also playing for. <laughs> yeah, and I also think that this is a good Game Pass game because I feel mm-hmm. like it's it was always a tough one to recommend because it was like, do you like strategy games? Like, yes. Do you like you know post apocalyptic settings? Like, no, you know, I don't know. Like with a with a city builder. So it's it's a it's is it can be a tough sell, and I think with Game Pass, that's where it's like, well, it's on Game Pass, you can check it out if you don't like it or you don't like, you know, it doesn't click with you, then you don't have to worry about it. So I think it's a it is a good fit, you know. I was a little surprised when they announced Game Pass Day One; like it was a nice surprise, but I think it's a good fit for 
for this this kind of game. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about that one when it comes out. We'll be uh, same with Smite too. We'll be getting into that as well. It seems like there's a lot of good stuff coming up in the near yeah. future. So uh, yeah, we'll keep you guys informed. And if you want to continue on the conversation, you can do so at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can also visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at Joss Plays. Brian is at our Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.